Apple introduced its third quarter 2019 financial results, and it looks like they're a trillion-dollar company again. The Apple Card is coming to a wallet near you and your hot takes. That's all in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Leif Johnson. Hey, Roman. And Michael Simon. Good afternoon. So let's talk about the news. Yesterday, Apple announced its third quarter 2019 earnings. Like every other quarter, they made a boatload of money. It was the best June quarter on record. Uh, not June. What the hell month are we? Oh, no, it is June. Yeah, it's June yeah. quarter. You're right. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it was by like the slimmest of margins, but it was a record. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. by 1% or 1%, something. 1%, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you which know, is it's... more than most companies. That that 1% is more than most companies. Yeah. Think. 1% for the 1%. <laughs> I guess the one telling thing about the quarterly results was that everything that Apple has for sale was up except for the iPhone, which was down. And um, it was down significantly. It's For the first time, it's less than 50% of its company's revenue. Yeah. So it, it was it was it, it made up uh, 48% of um the the revenue for the quarter which I mean that that's significant on its own. Yeah. yeah. But more so significant that Apple already found a way to compensate for all that lost revenue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We've been kind of expecting this for a while and I think the market has been expecting this for a while expecting the dip in iPhone sales and that it will yeah. continue to probably dip as the market is has matured. People aren't upgrading their phones as frequently. Apple's having a little bit more of a challenge to penetrate new markets like China. China uh, was actually a br- pretty bright spot this quarter. Right, it did, but it did all right. They're they're making progress in China, not as yeah. quickly as they were hoping to initially, but they're making mm-hmm. progress. I think that's going to offset. You know, whatever progress they make in China is going to be offset by whatever lack of progress is happening in in the US, I guess. I don't want to say lack of progress because it makes it sound like a negative, but the fact is the market, smartphone phone market in general, not mm-hmm. just the iPhone market, but the smartphone market in general has yep. has, has reached this maturity point. Mm-hmm. The technology is good enough for people that they don't feel yep. like they have to upgrade all the time. Yeah, and it's crazy that that took, so that took 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And we're already at the point where a, a, a smartphone from two years ago is good enough. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. Crazy how fast that's the um, the phones have have developed. But what I'm most impressed about here, and you know, it's just money, and it's a lot of money, and nobody really cares about this stuff. But generally, when a company has a juggernaut product that falls off a cliff, mm-hmm. which you know, for all intents and purposes, that's what's happened here. I know they're still selling forty something million iPhones a quarter, but the the, the growth ha- is gone. Mm-hmm. And the sales have dropped precipitously from what they, you know, from from how they were growing. And Apple in January they issued that that earnings guidance report that said, "Hey, listen, we're we're not going to make our our well, you know what we thought we were going to make, mm-hmm. and we're about eight 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 billion under, and blah blah blah." You know, we're less than half a year later, and the ship is not only righted but streaming ahead. And that is just, I mean, I know Tim Cook is an operations guy and he's a, you know, uh, they, th- this is his forte. And man, this, that is just super impressive. Yes. It is, yeah. It's hard to explain how impressive that is. Yeah. yeah. So, especially because the iPhone is a huge chunk of yeah, Apple's yeah. revenue. Massive. Yeah. And one of these days, I don't know when, iPhone 
number is going to kind of look like the Mac numbers, where the Mac numbers are always kind of at this certain well, point. Maybe more so like like an iPad, like eight or nine million rather than 40 million. It's going to take a little while to get there. I didn't but mean I think... the actual number number. I meant the behavior of the number. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it, how it's always kind of the same. It, it hovers between X and X. It's always fluctuated between that. You can always count it. Like you can always count on Mac sales being somewhere around what five billion in yeah. revenue or something like Full, that. Be, between four and five, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's four and a half. Sometimes it's five and a half. This quarter it was almost six, if I remember correctly. Yeah. They, they had a big yeah. quarter, but they also released a bunch of new stuff. But over the year, it kind of falls between yeah. four and a half and five and a half over the, over the year. And eventually, the iPhone's going to be like that. I don't know how long that's going to take. Right. It still could take a long time. Yeah. We also don't know what. So they made 25, I think, billion in revenue, million in revenue for the iPhone. I don't know what that translates to because they yeah. don't tell us anymore. Right. We don't know the average selling price and we don't know the unit shipped. But I'm assuming that means around 38 to 40 million. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's that's pretty low. You know, they've they're they're dipping. A year ago on the holiday quarter, they sold almost ninety million. <laughs> so they are they are it's it's definitely on the decline, and there's no, it, it's not that's not going to change. This right. year, the iPhone, from the rumors that we see and everything we see, it's 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 a you know, it's an okay upgrade. And next year, maybe more so with five G and all that stuff, but that's also going to be way more expensive. So I don't I don't see there being some magic formula where Apple suddenly sells fifty to sixty million iPhones a quarter again. It's gonna be one of those things where every other year is the big seller because every other year tends to be when Apple introduces the major changes, the TikTok cycle. Sure, maybe. Yeah. But I just I don't know I don't know how that's gonna translate into, you know, massive sales anymore. Right. But I mean we as we've seen, Apple their services is just massive and we haven't even gotten to the big stuff yet the real stuff yeah right. yeah. yeah i mean that, that could be a 20 30 billion dollar that could be as big as the iphone mm -hmm. in uh in not too long that could be uh uh i think it was 11 million this quarter yeah 11 and a half it, so the increase was about 15 percent yeah so that's crazy. but again we don't have th that's just apple music apple pay and uh, iCloud. And, you know, obviously all those iTunes in-app in purchases. We have Apple TV coming. We have Apple Card coming. We have Apple Arcade coming. So that could triple. And it's basically variations on what stuff we've had before. So like you said, all the new stuff coming, that's going to completely yeah. change that level. Of it. I mean, if there's one hit show on Apple TV Plus, mm -hmm. yeah. that's 100 million subscribers easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering how long it'll take before services overtakes the iPhone in terms of revenue. I mean, it, it might not be more than like a year or maybe two years. You think that soon? It might be. I, I mean, right now it's 11 versus 25. Yeah. And, you know, you got to assume that rises to, to 20 in a year of these services being available. And it just depends on how much the iPhone dips. But the bottom line is, Apple, if you want to send us any money, feel free. Right. <laughs> Pay off my student loans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how much in cash do they say they have out? Two hundred and eleven billion, just billion hanging dollars. around. Just rainy, just a, a slush fund. <laughs> I want to buy a small country. Right. Do you have that cash? <laughs> it's it's insane, and that's not even accounting for the the billions and billions of dollars they've given in buybacks, in dividends, all that stuff. Yeah. And they still have two hundred eleven billion dollars just hanging around. 
I mean, I, I got to assume you walk into Apple Park, you pick up a a a, a, a potted plant, and you got to find a five dollar bill under there. <laughs> Tim Cook, who was uh, sniffling and coughing throughout yeah. the whole thing. Oh boy. Uh, he he said during the uh, call that he had a, he was having an allergy attack. But it was just kind of funny because I noticed it at the beginning that he kept sniffing and coughing. It's it's nice that these you know every now and again he reminded that they're all human beings. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> it was it was kind of an interesting yeah like as you put it it was a human touch it humanized him a little bit. He might be worth a billion, but he's he has a cold just like me. <laughs> but it also kind of hinted about what did, what did he say? Some major products coming later this year. I wonder what that is. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's gonna be like the 16 inch. So that's yeah, the 16 inch Mac oh, Pro. We know what's coming. So a lot of the Pro products, the Mac Pro is coming. The Pro Display is coming. Oh, I remember your transition, didn't I? <laughs> so, watch, and then not to mention the new iPhones coming in the fall. Yeah. So, Maybe a new iPad. There's rumors of that too. So yeah. there's, a, there's a bunch of stuff coming down the pipeline. Exciting yeah. new products. So. Plus the services stuff. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of new stuff coming, uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks we can see the Apple Card. Yeah, so, he said August yesterday on the phone. So he actually confirmed yeah. that there was a speculation, a rumor that came out la- early or late last week that Apple Card would be available in August. And then Tim Cook said during the phone call, during the uh, earnings call, that Apple Card will be available in August. Which was pretty much our guess anyway. Whenever they say. Uh, season it's usually the last possible month of that season they said yeah. summer so that would be yeah. I, I, my guess it'll be late august but we'll see right. yeah i'm thinking late august if you're interested in the apple card you can go ahead and sign up for that uh we're working on a couple of uh guides to help you decide on whether the apple card is is, is for you or not i i find it odd talking about the apple card because it's while it's a product mm-hmm. it's not really a product does mm-hmm. that make sense for apple it's a product in terms of something that they ship and that they make revenue off of yeah but you know it, it is a service it, it's a credit card yeah um, the best thing about it is that and that easy integration with ios where you can see where you're you know how you're spending and everything i, I think that's the real appeal of it it's not even yeah. so much cash back so yeah there, there's a there's a few cool things the two percent back the apple pay and integration as you were talking about is, is super easy the, the lack of a number is awesome you know mm-hmm. There's a lot of things with Apple Card that could really kind of, moving forward, change the way all these credit card companies operate. And like we said before, I think it's a good idea that they went with someone like Goldman Sachs, where it's not they're not as invested in the the profit, you know, as the direct, you know, interest rates and everything like everybody else is. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out because it sounds like a win-win for both some companies, uh, Goldman Sachs and Apple. Mm-hmm. The Apple Card does not have an annual fee. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. no annual fee, no late fee, no overdraw free or any of that stuff. Yeah. Like there's, there's no fees at all. There are finance charges if yeah. you're late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's, you, you, they said there's no. I'm assuming that means foreign transaction, all that stuff. They, they said there was no fees at all. Annual fees are garbage anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the hell? I'm gonna pay you for the right to use your card. <laughs> Screw card. you. Yeah. <laughs> I am not getting a Apple Card because 
I don't need another credit card. That's the same. I'm sorry. Like I, you got the idea, what I said with the student loans comment. Yeah, I, I have no desire to. But I might can always use another credit card. Yeah, that's what I said about yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, it took me years to repair my credit. Not that it wasn't in shambles, yes. but uh, you know, I didn't take it as serious when I was younger. I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. Yeah. And now, you know, it, it, it's, it took me several years to get it to a point where I was kind of like, all right, I understand right. what this, what credit is all about and taking care of it and things like that. Yeah, that's, that is kind of the unspoken uh, situation here. I mean, credit cards are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Credit card attached to your phone is super dangerous. Yes, <laughs> Apple Pay is already dangerous. Yeah. And, you know, Apple is obviously not necessarily mm-hmm. selling this to kids. I mean, I'm sure you'll need to be 18 in order to sign up, but there's going to be a lot of college kids that, you know, press a couple buttons, sign up for a card, and all of a sudden they're swimming. That's maybe not swimming, but at least waiting in debt. Speaking from experience, that's what happened to me. You know, when I'm paying for my own education, trying to figure out how to pay for it, you know, credit cards were a way to do it. It used to talk about how many credit cards I had, and it was a little... Now that I think about it, that that was really embarrassing that I had so so many many credit credit cards. cards. So a little ridiculous. But this isn't really a card. It's more of a uh, virtual thing. (laughs) You don't have to. You don't have to put it in your wallet. (laughs) Which is what makes it more dangerous. Yeah, because it's not even. I know. I agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, walking into a store and holding up your phone and buying, walking out with whatever you wanted to buy is such a simple, thoughtless way to buy. It, it is it is frightening, and when Apple gives somebody a few thousand dollars a month to spend, yeah, right? You know, it is you know again, this isn't Apple's fault. This is the way credit cards work. Uh-huh. But it, there's definitely um, a way that I don't know if it's the the tracker is on the thing or some or, or however it works. But there's going to have to be a way that Apple kind of communicates to people that yeah, these this is real money you're spending. Yeah. yeah. And these these numbers that you're tallying, you know, you're gonna owe that back to yeah. us. Yes. But I, I'm an adult, and I'll be getting one. Well, not yeah. me, my wife, because I don't, I don't use an iPhone every day. Uh-huh. But uh, we're, we're, we're going to sign up for one. Two percent back, baby. Come on. Well, if you're interested in getting an Apple Card, if you're listening and interested, you know, go to the Apple website right now. It's a sign-up list to let you know when it's available, yeah. so you can It'll be really sign up. Yeah. There'll be a big hoopla once. It's not going to just like pop up one. It'll be headline news yeah. once it's out. Yeah. yeah. The Guardian recently posted a report by an Apple whistleblower saying that Apple takes Siri recordings and uses them to improve Siri. Those recordings are listened to by contractors hired to do the work. And they, according to the Guardian report, quote, regularly hear confidential medical information, drug deals, and recordings of couples having sex. Apple has responded, citing several different measures that the company takes to ensure user privacy But this revelation is being seen as a blow to the image that Apple promotes as a company that values user privacy. Now, when I first saw this report and read it, Mm -hmm. I have to admit, maybe I'm a little cynical. Maybe I've been in this industry for so too long, (laughs) but I kind of thought, yeah, so. Yeah. Does that make sense? it didn't surprise me. It didn't surprise me that Apple was doing it. In other words, we want them to improve Siri. This seems like a way to do it. <laughs> Here's, I mean, this is what I wrote the other day. It's not a surprise. What's a surprise is that Apple didn't tell yes. us. That we that's did. true. That is that's true. true. Especially when they tout 
their privacy. Yeah. yeah. So and you know it was like when a similar report came out that Google was doing this um, about a month ago, mm-hmm. of which we knew because mm-hmm. they there's all sorts of toggles for audio recordings and things like that, and you can actually see your your history and all that other stuff. They were able to actually take that information. The people who uh, have the who the people who broke the story, which was a Belgian broadcaster, they were actually able to use the information on those recordings to track down people and interview them mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, yeah. look, we have your your wow. Google Assistant recording." That wasn't the case here. Apple seems to be taking better steps mm-hmm. yeah. or better measures to make sure that this information is anonymous, even though. I, I, the article confused me a bit. The whistleblower said that it was tied to contact information, but I don't think that's the case as far as what I could tell. You know, Apple an, 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 anonymizes this stuff. It's not tied to, a, to an iCloud ID. It's not necessarily trackable. So basically some guy in wherever they are are in a room listening to some random voice talk about you know, I guess drug deals, like who, how many drug deals are being made with Siri active? Right. <laughs> you know, well, what, but, what happens is Siri gets activated somehow mm-hmm. and just starts recording this stuff. So apparently yeah. a zipper can do, I tried to recreate that cause I thought it was so, I tried several zippers and I couldn't get a zipper. Yeah, to, I could. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I tried it too, though, <laughs> but that, that seems awfully like what the hell kind of zipper are you using? That sounds like, Hey Siri, yeah. <laughs> very strange. Yeah. I've always kind of wondered whenever we talk about how Siri needs to be improved. I always kind of wondered, how can they improve Siri without listening to what people are saying yes. to Siri, mm-hmm. without seeing how people are using Siri? How mm-hmm. could they do that? And it turns out they are doing yes. that. It's an it's an essential step, and it's like you said, it, they they should have said something about it, but it's at the same time, it does feel like it clashes with their privacy but you know there's stuff like if you if you try to do this like at apple park you know you're, you're still not going to get the random interactions you hear when people say real things and so it does need this like real world you know input so yeah i, I can't bring myself to get too worked up about it but yeah i do agree with you that they should have said something yeah that, that's it tell us and give us an opportunity yeah. to opt out. Yeah. That's it. The solution's easy. Yeah, I, I have no problem with doing it Yeah, I have no problem it doing it. it. Also, the thing is, I tend to try to avoid using Siri anyways mm-hmm. because it's not as good as I would like it to be. Right. The only time I really use Siri is when I'm in the car. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't bother me so much. But yeah, it, it, it would be nice if Apple would just include an option to not participate. I was just going to say, the main reason that I use voice assistants these days is to ask Alexa in the morning, what the weather is going to be like. <laughs> that's, that's like yeah. 90% of it. Yeah. I use all three of them for um, smart home stuff. I use Siri for uh, mainly my HomePod for music. That's about all I use Siri for. But I, I do use them often. And yeah. if there was a toggle, I would opt in. I don't care. Go ahead. Listen listen to what I'm saying. I don't like what, what difference does it make? If it's going to help make right. the product better. Fine. I'll, I, I, I opt into all that stuff to send analytics to developers. Like, I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm using this stuff. If it's going to help you develop the product, make it better, make it smarter. And, and Apple's, sure. the thing is Apple's base is large enough to be able to handle a large number of people opting out because yeah. there will be a large number of people who opt in. Yeah, sure. I mean, as it stands, they said yeah. it was like, 
less than one percent of the of the you know the responses is what they're listening to. So it doesn't. I mean, you're going to tell me that even if ninety eight percent of the people yeah, opt yeah. out, they still get they still got enough of a sample. I, it, it just it seems short sighted that it wasn't in the privacy stuff. It wasn't like when you go through setup, it wouldn't say. Can we listen to your anonymous recordings to help Siri? I mean, why? Like, what, it, it seems like a very Apple thing to do mm. to add an upfront did, message and a toggle. Did the Guardian report mention how long this? Uh, I guess these contractors have been working. Like, no. I, I'm wondering, is this a recent kind of program that Apple has put together, and so thereby did not get around to updating their terms of service or anything like that? Or is this something they've done I, from the yeah, get-go and just, for whatever reason, some reason or another, decided not to ex- uh, explain what they were doing? I'm not sure. Um, they didn't They didn't say that, uh, that it was a new program or you know, they didn't say how, how long this uh, so-called whistleblower was working. Can I, can I speak to that for a yeah. second? Like, I think we're overusing the term whistleblower. Whistleblower is supposed to be someone who uncovers like some kind of nefarious thing that could affect right. us that the government's doing. This guy ain't no whistleblower. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a tattletale. <laughs> there's a there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, we we I'm talking to a connected speaker that's hooked up to Wi-Fi. Like, I don't expect that it's gonna stay on my little device and no one's gonna gonna hear it. All I expect is that. There's some semblance of privacy, and it doesn't ship off to somebody that says Michael Simon said this at his house at blah blah time. That's it. And it seems as though you know, in Google's case, in Apple's case, and in Amazon's case, that that's what they're doing. Although, by backtracking and kind of re-engineering these things, you know, if if I'm speaking an address or speaking to my wife, like you can, if somebody really wants to find out who's saying it, they probably can. But it's. You know, it's 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 the rare case where they're able to do that. It would be nice for the AI to get to the point where, you know, even if it activates accidentally, app, you know, it, they would be able to decipher that what you're saying isn't really a question and just toss it. Because if if it doesn't hear, you know, what's the weather or play this song, and it just hears like a snippet of a conversation or some background noise that's not directly, you know, asking them something, it should be able to say, okay. I was clearly, you know, initiated by accident. I'm not going to record this. Now it's time for the two-minute tip. On this part of the show, a Macworld staffer will present a quick tip for your Apple device. This week, Life has a tip for your iPad and iOS 13. What you got for us, Life? So finally, in iPad OS 13 and iOS 13, you can actually use a mouse with your iPad. Holy, I've been wanting that for a long time. As you can imagine it being, you know, Apple didn't announce it on stage, so it's kind of awkward to use it. But it is a mouse on your iPad, uh, so that that's really great. And it, it, you know, if you get used to it, it makes it work. When they first introduced it, they had a, like a big cursor on there, but uh, they've given you a few more options. But you know, it's 
supposed to mimic your touch. So you got this big circle on the screen originally, but they, they've made that a little bit better. But And it's also kind of convoluted to set it up. So uh, the easiest way, uh, probably, you can do it through, you can set it up wired, but um, the easiest way probably to do it is to set it for Bluetooth, or I should say the most convenient. So to do that, you um, in your iPad or your iPhone, you go to the settings app, then you scroll down to accessibility and you press that. So under physical and motor, you will find touch press that and when a new menu comes up you should see a toggle that says assistive touch um, it'll likely read off go ahead and press it and then you'll go to another menu and so you'll see another toggle that says assistive touch press that one and so in that same menu scroll down to pointing devices press that press bluetooth devices and you know it changes uh, varies according to each device start pairing your Bluetooth and it should finally show up. As you can see, that's a lot of steps you have to go through. So we do have a, uh, a text write up um, to show you how to do that. Wired, it's basically the same thing. You're going to go to that, you know, settings, accessibility and uh, hit touch and then hit set assistive touch. But this time you just plug it in and it should work. Now the problem is with this, I got to tell you, uh, you know, the buttons, you know, there's not like really any right click and stuff. Um, so it's, it's basically think when you, you know, long press on something, you know, that that's what's going to be like your, your right click and stuff. And uh, so you can actually, you know, set some of that to what you want it to be. But um, you also have to remember that a lot of mice won't necessarily work unless you're on the iPad Pro. Like I have some gaming mice and stuff, some really cheap ones too. Um, and I would hook them up to the iPad Pro, my iPhone, um, excuse me, to the iPad Mini, the regular iPad, and none of them would work. All I could get to work was just like uh, first generation Magic Mouse and stuff like that. Uh, the second generation, I haven't tested it yet, would not actually work with the iPad Pro, the 2018 one. So you, you'll have, you know... Um, but that I think that's a bug. I hope that's a bug because that doesn't make sense. But generally, the iPad Pro was the only one that I could hook everything up to. And with that one weird exception, with everything else, that you're going to get a message that says the accessory requires too much power. So it's a little bit more involved than you would think it would be, which is probably why Apple wasn't playing it up too much. But uh, if you need a little bit more precision, like when you're you know, selecting text and copying it, moving it around, which is really important as a writer, I would try it out. And once again, we have a write-up on our website. Now it's time for your hot takes. We love hearing from you. Let us know what you're thinking via email at podcast at macworld.com. Or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Facebook page for Macworld. Uh, here are a few comments that caught our eye this week. The first comment's from Eric Andrist on Facebook. It's about the Siri eavesdropping controversy. He says, I could care less if Apple is listening to snippets of what I say in the course of a day. I don't plan on doing anything illegal, that my life is a big, that big a secret. I highly doubt that they're actually paying humans to listen to this stuff anyway. Well, I think they are paying people to listen to they this stuff. Totally yeah, they are totally paying people. <laughs> but whether they know that this certain <laughs> snippet is from Eric Andrist or not, they probably don't. But yeah, as we mentioned, it might be, be being made a bigger deal than it really is. And you might not be doing anything illegal, but see, that toggle right. would be nice. So, <laughs> or you're not planning on doing anything illegal. That's right. Because <laughs> sometimes you find yourself in situations. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, the other thing is there's always this insinuation that people who don't want to be tracked are doing illegal things. Right. And that, that, you know, I don't want to be tracked. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm doing 
illegal things. I mean, this is very movie stuff, but I'm always afraid of them taking some of my movements or something like that and misinterpreting them and using that evidence against me. And so I just won't, don't want that. Uh, that's my paranoia, oh. and that's where I. That's why I would like not to be tracked at all sometimes. So yeah. right, we're gonna have to have a podcast on that. That'll be that'll be next week's discussion. Where, where what is Leif moving and why is he yeah. so concerned about it? We'll do a special episode and Leif will be out and about. <laughs> when he's not here, we won't we won't tell him and we'll just watch him on 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 the iPhone. Just so. like Apple. So. <laughs> no, sorry. Our next comment comes from Twitter at yes yep yeah yeah says about rumors that 3D touch will go away. Uh, this person said that personally, if the rumor is true, I'm not at all looking forward to it. I'm on the beta right now, and in the first beta, when 3D Touch was disabled, I found haptic touch to be slow and annoying. So he's not like, yes, yep, yeah. <laughs> I use 3D Touch. I don't use it that frequently. Mm-hmm. I find it convenient. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I will miss it when it, when it's gone. I don't. I suspect I won't. I'm saying that like. 3D Touch is definitely gone. Like, I know it's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. It's, But, I mean, it seems like the signs are that they're taking it away. So Because it's not in certain phones. Yeah. It, it does seem strange that, like, Apple generally doesn't take features away from older phones. So I wonder if it'll still work on, like, the 8 and the 10, but just won't work going forward. It, and it just it's sort of like on the Mac. Like, there's certain features that... Are still on the Mac that they don't really support anymore. Right, but they don't they don't physically remove them. Right, they don't remove them. It's like just still like there. that. Uh, what was that thing? Dashboard or whatever that's right. called. Like, I didn't even know that was that was still around. Dashboard <laughs> and Launchpad. I yeah. I never used those, but they're still there. Yeah. Um, so I'd be surprised if they totally took it away from those older phones. I mean, I could see 3D Touch being taken away as a way to differentiate a phone, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they're, I don't think they're going that far. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's a, it's one of those features that was better on paper than in practice anyway. Right. Yeah, and developers didn't embrace it as Apple kind of hoped. Right. Our last comment comes from James Wages on Facebook. It's in regards to the 16-inch MacBook Pro rumors. Uh, James says, is it too much to ask for Apple to think different and start making good portable computers again? Mm. Tim Cook needs to change course and start being more hands-on, kicking some engineering fanny until usable practicality becomes mainstream again. We recently posted an article that rounded up the rumors of the 16-inch MacBook Pro, and it seems like a lot of response to that article is in regards to what people wish what Apple would do with the new laptop. And a lot of it is including things like more ports. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, and that's not, I don't think if that's going to happen. You'll get, you're getting four USB-C ports and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be, be uh, hopeful that there's a headphone jack. USB-A is of the past. Yeah, that's and not you're happening. You're not going to see and, that. Um, that's not happening. As far as practical functionality... I mean, yeah, those ports are aren't changing. The keyboard might. I mean, that's that's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other, otherwise, you know, what what else is missing from the MacBook? MagSafe's gone. Yeah. Okay. Fine. That was good. Yeah. That's not coming back either. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of the you know the pro people who are considered pros need these ports because they're connecting a lot of mm-hmm. gear to 
these laptops and they don't want to have to resort to using dongles and adapters and hubs all the time. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to just plug yeah. it in directly to their laptop. Unfortunately, I don't think it's, it's going to happen, you know, unless you, one way around it is to change your gear, which is probably, you know, yeah. it's an expensive proposition to change all your gear to USB-C. You might not even be able to change your gear, you know, a particular item to a USB-C device. So, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Hey, man, dongles aren't so bad. <laughs> no, they're not. I've, I've gotten very used I to it. I mean, it's just... annoying. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a hub that I carry around with me. I have a USB-C to USB-A adapters that I take with me. It's, you know, is it annoying? Sometimes. Ultimately, though, I'd rather Apple push us forward than stay in the past. I agree. And it's like I've always told people with the headphones, you know, where you need a dongle for that. I was like, I just keep the dongle attached to the headphones. That's, yeah. For, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I have a little bit of a lesser or stronger feeling for um, headphone jacks. I don't yeah. see, I don't really understand why they need to go away. Is that extra millimeter that much more important? And it doesn't affect the waterproofing, does it? No. I don't think so. It's only thinness. Mm-hmm. And whatever the, whatever's inside, like the way they engineer the inside of the phone and the, the, the haptic engine and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's mainly thinness. Yeah. That's really it. And, you know, maybe a couple extra milliamp hours in battery, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But the headphone jack is, you know, it's small. Because I'm generally just, okay with the direction, but I have run out of batteries before on my yep. Bluetooth. Yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, you know, Bluetooth's fine, but... Uh, if you look at like budget Android phones, they all have headphone jacks, but the high-end ones don't. Like, what the hell? What gives? Yeah, it just seems a little contradictory when I say, you know, it's here's this most portable laptop, and then you have to carry all these other additional that's true adapters, and so there seems it just seems kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Weird, weird to me. To kind of defeats the purpose. So that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 661. I'd like to thank Leif Johnson. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes through soundcloud.com or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com. Or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us next week as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you next week. <laughs>